He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with... Uh, a uh, oh my god a uh, a legend in music uh, 15 time uh, grammy nominee and, and just somebody who's uh, put together uh, just a career that's uh, incomparable uh, to anyone he's not exactly like anyone else joe satriani is our very special guest but uh, it seems like forever since uh, we we got to see him live and because of COVID, I know we missed out on a lot of people, but uh, one of the people we missed out is uh, on is uh, Joe Satriani, and he's such a great live performer. But uh, the Beacon Theater will have Joe and his band on uh, on 1027. That's October 27th. Uh, it's a must-see. If you haven't seen him live, uh, you've missed out. Uh, he's got plenty of new material, the old material. i just absolutely thrilled to have Joe Satriani here with us. Joe, how are you? I'm very good, Frank. How's it going? Uh, terrific, and uh, nice to see. It's a sense of normalcy, I guess, when you when you can get to see concerts again, and, and maybe you're already used to it. But, um, uh, you know, for, for some people, it's been like cabin fever. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, it was really a special experience. A couple of weeks ago, I was at the, the Monsters on the Mountain Festival uh, in... Uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and it, I was there actually to uh, show my artwork, and some of the art was done on my guitar, so I was playing some of the, the art guitars, you know, and I was up there playing on this little uh, stage in front of about 50 people, you know, a private audience of, of art collectors, uh, and I realized right in the middle of the performance, like, wow, I haven't done this since February of 2020, you know, just stood on a stage and played guitar. And it was so exhilarating, even in that small private setting, uh, to do a, you know a VIP concert like that. I thought this is great to be back on stage finally, and and uh, this is like part of my life that's been missing, you know, the last couple of years. So I'm so excited that we're going to be able to hit the stage and and take over for two and a half hours and play all this great music for everybody. You know, the Earth Tour, you're calling it, and uh, it's extensive. You know, a lot of extensive dates. Do you do anything differently? Uh, you know, I, I imagine athletes, uh, it's comparable to athletes getting ready for a, uh, for a season, but uh, it's, uh, this it seems like a lot of dates to me and a lot of travel to me. Uh, have you prepped uh, physically uh, any differently than you had in the past? No, not really. I mean, I, I've always been uh, one of those players that likes to uh get things in motion, you know, maybe six weeks ahead of a tour, and I'll, I'll just rehearse the music over and over again until I never have to think about it, because when I run out on stage, I really want to connect with the audience, and I don't want to be trying to remember, like, what finger goes on what fret, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, what pedal am I supposed to step on, so being rehearsed is really great, because it, it allows you to freely associate in, with the moment, so, you know, someone's looking at you and pointing at you in the audience when you play something you want to be able to respond and not not to have to feel like it's going to throw you off or something um so yeah you do all that super memorization ahead of time and then you forget all of it and you just go crazy when you hit the stage 
You know, whenever I think of you or, or uh, say, John McLaughlin, uh, Al Di Miola, I, and again, very different players. I'm not comparing styles at all, but uh, but I think of the word freedom, and at least from an outsider's standpoint, I you know I I look at at what you have at this point and the body of work that you've put together. Uh, you must have a tremendous amount of freedom to create whatever you want, uh, and and it's going to be. There's going to be those of us who just kind of accept uh, what what you put out there as uh, as your feeling at that time. Uh, do you have that uh, feeling? Or do you do you feel? I, I don't know. Do you feel any pressure to stay, uh, you know, uh, to to stay within a range, or do you have absolute freedom as as an artist and as a writer? Well, I definitely have uh, freedom as a as a writer um, and as an artist. Um, that's it's you know I'm super grateful that I've had great associations with all the labels that I've worked with. They always give me carte blanche to do whatever I want. Uh, but physically, you know, every musician I think always wants to get better and is always trying to do that thing that they can't quite get. <laughs> you know, we're, we're always driven to try to play better, and sometimes it has to do with uh, expression. Sometimes it's something more technical. You know. Uh, stretching speed, uh, some unusual, you know, uh, time signature or something like that. Um, but very often, I, uh, in in my time composing, even going way back to when I was in high school, I was fascinated with uh, keys, basically different modal uh, situations that uh, can you know, unlock a certain feeling in an audience and. I realized I have to really understand, like the simple basics, like when do you use a major scale, when do you use minor, when do you use Phrygian or Phrygian dominant mode, when, you know, uh, when is a symmetrical scale the right scale to use for an audience for a particular feeling, and that to me has been uh, one of the most uh, important uh, things to recognize about music is that uh, notes and harmony. Uh, you know, elicits such a strong emotional response that the musician really needs to know uh, everything about those things, just like a carpenter needs to know what every tool in his toolbox does, um, and only to use the right tool at the right moment. And so that's been something that, uh, that I have dedicated my life, you know, to is understanding the notes, basically, and when to use them at the right moment. Joe, is there a lot of material that that you've written that you've recorded on your own that we haven't heard yet? Oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, how much you, can you quantify? A lot, a lot of musicians, you know, they they spend a lot of time writing, and and we get really enthusiastic about songs, and then we finish them, and we look back and we go, oh, what happened to that? You know, yeah. <laughs> like I was so excited about it when I started, and then somehow it just you know lost its way. So. Sometimes that happens and you wind up with these uh, moments that are very valuable to, as experiences to go through, uh, but they, they're not shining examples of your final work, so you, you generally don't show them to the public, you know. Um, it's, it's very much like, you know, it's almost like an athlete, you know. They go out for a season, they play in a team, and there are good games and there are bad games, and so they try to forget they learn from the bad games, 
uh, but they don't want to talk about them in, in public, you know. And what they really want to talk about is where the game where everything went right, you know. So that's kind of like the way it goes. So you do wind up with a lot of material that's maybe not quite finished or, you know, for good reason was left on the side. <laughs> Joe, we're so excited about the tour. We'll be seeing you at the Beacon Theater on the 27th of October. Before you go, can you give us a website or a social media site where we could follow along with what's going on with you? Oh, of course. If you go to satriani.com, you can go anywhere else from there, but you can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and TikTok and whatever social media there is. I've got a great a webmaster who makes sure that we are on all sides of the web. So, uh, but satriani.com is a great place to start if if you're looking for tickets, music, merchandise, information, anything. Joe Satriani, uh, congrats on an amazing career, still going strong. Uh, we'll see you on the 27th. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Frank. Have a good day. Joe Satriani, everyone. Uh, virtuoso guitarist and and I uh, I used to teach uh, guitar as a teenager and you know I was big into Alan Holdsworth and uh, Dee Miola and, you know all those folks and first time we heard about Joe Satriani uh, I first time I heard about him anyway was uh, was when Steve Vai came out and Steve Vai took the the world by storm and then we heard about Joe Satriani was Steve Vai's teacher and I hope I have that right. I haven't thought about that in a long time, but I think that's the first time that I ever heard Joe Satriani's name. And of course, um, he just you know he exploded on the scene. And you know what a musician and uh, writer and you know virtuoso guitarist, amazing, much different than McLaughlin and and um, and Di Miola. You know, a much different player, but just an amazing an amazing, um, unique player, and, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's on the Rushmore, uh, in my mind, and it's, it's just so different, uh, than, than what we knew as, um, as guitar heroes, and I don't, you know, I don't mean the, the rock guitar heroes, but the, the jazz players, but he's respected by, uh, those players, he's respected by, the uh, the followers of um, of the of the great uh, jazz guitarist, uh, even though it's a rock guitarist. I mean, he's um, you know he he kind of has his own niche. He's uh, he's much different than than all the other folks. And you know when you think of um, you know the greats, you know again I keep going back to McLaughlin and Al Di um they're just uh, those, those guys have special places, uh, clouds or whatever that they're on. Uh, but Joe Satriani does too, in uh, in, you know, in in a different form. Uh, just great. He's got to look back on his career and be you know blown away by what he's done. Uh, October twenty seventh at the Beacon Theater uh, here in New York, and and uh, we'll be talking to him again soon. But uh, part of an extensive. Uh, Earth Tour, he's calling it Earth Tour. Frank McKay signing off. Joe Satriani has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone 
to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. Much more importantly, welcome to our weekly edition of Dan's Papers out and about in the Hamptons and the owner of Dan's Papers and 87 other news outlets, Vicki Schneps is our host each and every week for this segment and she is uh, she's unbelievable she's the queen of media they used to say howard stern's the king of all media she's the queen of all media and uh, i think without question and uh, a lot happening always on the east end and uh, not only the east end but uh, all over the place anywhere that that folks that spend a lot of time on the east end are concentrating on uh, this lady knows a lot about, and, and she's the absolute best. Vicki Schnapps, how are you? Wonderful to hear you, boy. So happy to be able to be back with you and talking about the exciting happenings on the North Fork and South Fork. So I don't know if people realize, but, you know, the Hamptons are almost like a big V. It's not the Hamptons alone. Uh, the Hamptons are what we call the South Shore, and that would be West Hampton all the way out to Montauk. But then the top of the fork is the North Fork. And in the North Fork, we have it beginning in Riverhead, going all the way out to Orient Point, the end of the world, Long Island. But today, it's a big official opening of the pumpkin picking season out here. So, you know, it's uh, for those who are young and those who are young at heart picking the best pumpkin from these pumpkin pumpkin patches all along the North Fork and the South Fork. But I think, you know, there's some great stuff for family and kids. Uh, we'll talk about where you can go pick the best pumpkins. But there's also a 41st annual county fair and craft show both Saturday and Sunday this weekend from 10 to 5. And this is an outdoor celebration of the Howlicksville Museum Farm. And there'll be, this is like real, real, you know, hometown stuff, a food competition, a farmer's market, all kinds of homemade things and wagon and pony rides. So it's a great place. It's called Northville is where it's located. And it's a great place to take the family. And then if you really want to do the pumpkin trail, you can be able to start your pumpkin trail um, on the North Fork, and there are one pumpkin farm after another. Uh, this is like the biggest nightmare to people who live there because it stops the traffic. It's, you know, you got to know how to put your, you know, put the ways on so you go around the traffic, but the traffic are not the cars. The traffic of all the standstill people to get into the pumpkin farms because they're uh, multiple places with fabulous quality pumpkins and they're small, they're big, they're gigantic. Uh, there's something for everybody in the pumpkin picking world. And then, of course, you can go all the way up to uh, the North Fork, and they have some of the best uh, farms for picking pumpkins as well, starting in Riverhead. So, you know, it's I think what's great about the pumpkin picking is that you can explore all the island of the East End, or you can start in Riverhead because it's kind of before all the traffic builds up. Because Riverhead is the beginning of the North Fork, and even stop in at the Tanger Outlet. But we, you know, as small business owners, we like to push 
the local shopping. So after you've gone to your um, pumpkin picking, you might want to stop in Riverhead and uh, have something at this Tweets, one of the historic restaurants or one of the historic ice cream shops, and enjoy the beautiful Peconic River that uh, Riverhead Town is on. So I'm a, I'm a very big person for Riverhead because I'm a cheerleader for it. My husband was uh, a lawyer there in the 1980s, and uh, I was there before Riverhead became Riverhead, and it's hot, hot, hot. And the uh, East End Arts Group is out there doing exhibits and making uh, Riverhead a really beautiful destination. But, uh, you know, this is uh, the beginning of a great season for picking pumpkins. So I, there's a lot going on this week, Frank. You know, it, just because the Hampton Classic is over, it doesn't mean life here is over. It's just begun because we have great things for both indoor outdoor, live shows. But one of my favorite things, I really couldn't quite believe this. I've never done it, but I might just be tempted to visit. Would you believe they have a um, clothing swap event in Southampton where you bring five items of clothing and you could swap them for five or more <laughs> items of clothing. What a great way to refresh your wardrobe, right? No, no doubt about it. I mean, who would think of such a thing? Well, they have thought of it here. And so, I mean, I think I'm going to check that one out because I'm always looking to add to my wardrobe. And you never know what you're going to find when you go into these wonderful places. But there are even some fabulous uh, live shows going on. There's going to be a um, wonderful Top 40 pop, rock, and dance tunes performed by the Fast Five, one of the Long Island's most exciting cover bands. And that's going to be in Amagansett on Friday night. It doesn't start till 10 p.m., Frank, so you've got to make sure you've got a good day, you know, resting to get ready for a 10 p.m. show, right? Yeah. <laughs> Whoever said that they, they, they roll up the sidewalks out here, they certainly don't. And this is a great place to go in Amagansett. And then switching up to the Norfolk, we have the Robert Hill Band at the Wolfer Estate. Now, the Wolfer wineries um, produce bottles that are works of art. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but the bottles of their wine are, are beautiful, and the wine inside is superb. But they're doing something so special for the community because they've got this beautiful property that they uh, open up to the public for different events. And they're going to have the Robert Hill Band at the Wolfer Estate on Saturday. And now that's starting at 5 o'clock, and they're telling you to bring your blanket, your lounge chair, and your dancing feet because they're going to really have the people rocking. And they'll be having, uh, you know, beautiful views that, from that point of the sunset. I'm a sunset girl. You know, I bought a house recently uh, in Queog, and I bought it because I can see the sunset. I had to see that in my life that I know I could watch the beauty of that. And if you are not as lucky to see from your house, well, come over the Wolfer Estate because they, in fact, have the um, beautiful site, and you can just sit and relax and get the wine, buy the wine right there, and, and it will be in Sagaponic. So I think that that's something that's a little different. And then you ready for this one? Bingo Bango at that? Montauk. <laughs> Who ever heard of such a thing? But it's a band. 
It's a band. And they're going to be having food and dancing and drinking. That's in the Montauk Circle. So you got one end of the, of the South Fork to the other. You have things going on. And I like to laugh. I don't know about you, but the best thing I can do is laugh every single day. Because if you don't laugh, what's life? Right. Right, Frank? What, I mean, what, what's life about if you can't laugh? No doubt about so it. So I'm always looking for, you know, uh, for comedy shows. And next weekend on Saturday night, they have an all-star comedy show at the beloved Bay Street Theater. And this is uh, where they're going to bring together comedians Anthony Groden, Anthony DeVito, and Greg Stone. And it really is going to be beginning of the East End's premiere lively comedy series. So that's in Sayre Carver. And I wouldn't miss that. I mean, I happen to have a dinner party that night, but otherwise I'd be there. Because what's better than have a night of laughing, right? But uh, hopefully the weather is still good and we'll be able to have some beautiful weather for you as you run a marathon. They're called the Zappos Marathon, and that's on Saturday. And that's going to be through Southampton Village. But what they do is they run through these beautiful streets uh, with the views of the Atlantic and the Shinnecock Bay. And that's going to be in Southampton. So there's a town, there's something going on in every town. And this one is cute. I like this one because <laughs> I don't know if you've heard about the uh, lead-backed salamanders. I, is that something I, I that have, you're familiar with? Yeah, well, I think they, they try to protect them, right? They're always, uh, uh, they're always in, in, the, uh, in, in the environmentalist, um, uh, you know. List of endangered or, species. Yeah. Well, you know, they're going to have in Sagarba this wonderful fellow, Jake, who is going to give a lecture on Eastern red-backed salamanders. And, you know, that's, they spend most of the time underground, so you got to go ready to explore and have good walking shoes on. So, you know, then we, we go all the way over again back to Montauk, and they're having a craft fair this weekend. This is the weekend of craft fairs, and they're going to have it on Saturday and Sunday. So we can really have a chance to get out on the East End and be able to see wonderful artwork and crafts and food. And uh, really stay tuned because we have a lot more coming this weekend. Well, you stay tuned as well because we have, uh, and everyone, we uh, we have Vicky coming back for a second segment. And, and again, you're hearing the voice. If you're just tuning in a little late or turning on the radio a little late, Frank McKay here. Much more importantly than that is Vicky Schneps is the voice that you're hearing. Dan's papers out and about in the Hamptons is uh, is upon us. And uh, just because Labor Day has come and gone and the Hamptons Classic has come and gone, there's a lot going on out here. And you, if you've been listening, you know everything that's, uh, that's being talked about and that will be talked about. Uh, by the way, those three comedians are excellent. I've seen all of them. I've seen it e- either on tape, but the three comedians that uh, Vicky mentioned are just tremendous. Uh, Frank McKay here taking a quick break. We'll be back with more with Vicky Schnapps right after this. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase possess or shoot a handgun or pistol in 
NYC. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone back to Breaking It Down. But more importantly than that, Vicki Schneps is here with Dan's papers out and about in the Hamptons. And I've gotten uh, so many emails and, and texts and phone calls uh, about it and uh, different things that, uh, that people are asking about. Vicki, where is Vicki going to be? And I said, it's, it's, it's kind of easy to find her because she's all over. But uh, if you just contact <laughs> Dan's, Dan's papers, uh, she's not elusive. She's one of these famous people that, that are, are kind of easy to track down. She'll tell you where she's going to be. Her staff will even tell you where she's going to be and they'll give you schedules and they just just an amazing group of people over there men and women that are just tremendous uh part of uh, uh, uh schweppes uh media and she is um she's just terrific welcome back vicky Thank you, Frank. Thanks for having me back. This was uh, last week one of the you know most exciting moments for me this summer was to have the Dan's Papers Power Women event where we put the spotlight on these spectacular women who have achieved great success in various fields. And I made a tribute, and I'll say it again here, about Queen Elizabeth, because Queen Elizabeth was a role model for us all in knowing how to handle grief and knowing how to handle joy. She was a lady who really made us all feel that it's okay, life goes on. You know, she made a statement that's very dear to my heart, that grief is the price we pay for love. And I thought to myself, you know, I've lost um, two husbands and a daughter and my parents. And, you know, your heart has a hole in it, but you carry on. And that's what she also said. You must carry on. You must keep going when you have grief hit you. And I think she was such a model for us, as well as a fashion icon with her beautiful colored suits and matching handbags and matching hats. I loved how she made us feel happy when we saw her. And she did that very calculatingly, picking outfits that made people know she was there because she stood out with her beautiful pinks and yellows and powder blues and turquoise outfits that really made everyone say, oh, doesn't she look wonderful? So I do believe, you know, when it's, I don't know if you do this, Frank, but when I know it's a dreary day, I always put on my bright colors. Uh, I hate to say it, but I hardly ever wear black anymore because I love the reds and the pinks and the blues to make me feel better. And I think people all around me feel better when they're seeing colors. So at the Power Women of uh, Dan's Papers this past week, we held it at the Muse in Southampton, and we made a tribute to Queen Elizabeth because she was the ultimate power woman. And we all felt touched by her and touched with the loss of her. So I think that the whole idea of royalty is something that we miss in America, but we kind of adopted them because I think we all like the glamour and the glitz and the beauty of uh, royalty and the pageantry. So I think it will go on. I know it will go on. It's gone on for centuries. And the British people, I think, appreciate their monarch and their monarchy. So it was really a tribute we made at the Power Women of Dance Paper. 
papers last week to uh, Elizabeth Queen, who passed, but who will be in our hearts and will be certainly memorialized over these next weeks as her funeral is September 19th. So I think that um, what she taught us all about how to handle tough times and how to be graceful about your life and how you carry yourself in that life. So I think that all reflected in the powerful women that we honored last week. So a special shout out to my wonderful staff, uh, my daughter Elizabeth, who runs the events, um, the uh, on the ground, Dimitri Matone and Tony Cimino and Joseph and uh, Josh Levin and Jackie, who really brought, we had over 50 women, Frank, that we recognized, and they walked the red carpet. They were dancing that red carpet as they made their way down the runway to get their award. And we don't call it an Oscar. We don't call it a Tony. Their statuette is a Vicky. <laughs> so we give them a Vicky. <laughs> And there's some surprise because the Vicky weighs about 10 pounds because of the onyx uh, stand that the statue is on. So they all get, to, oh, it's so heavy. I said, well, now you're a heavyweight. <laughs> and they certainly are. But so few people stop to recognize all the successful women that are in our community. And we did that just last week. So we're going to be doing that later in the month in Queens where we honor power women. But I just was, had a, such a treat down here in Southampton doing that party. And then segueing, guys, I know there are a lot of pet lovers in the Hamptons. And ARC, one of the leading groups that works with uh, animals, is having a food drive. But they're raising money and asking you to bring food, unopened, wet, and dry treats for dogs and cats. Did you ever hear that, where they do a food drive for dogs and cats? No. And there's a particular need for cat food. So that's going to happen in Bridgehampton at the Petco in that little shopping center that's right on Montauk Highway. Who could go, who could think, you know, with the pets that have to be uh, taken care of, that that would be one way to do it. I think it's such a, a great thing. And, of course, you know, there's, um, art is a big part of the Hamptons. And we have to, this week coming up, there's a, a wonderful writer, an author, Eileen Obser, and she's discussing her latest book about the real sights and scenes of the Hamptons. And she's written it through the eyes of an attractive middle-aged widow who rents rooms in her home. So it's called Three Rooms, Shared Bath, A Landlady in the Hamptons. And Eileen will be there on Saturday, September 17th. Uh, from 1 to 2 to talk about her new book uh, over at 52 Pontiac Avenue in Hampton Bays. So that's something that uh, the authors and the uh, are all around us in this. We had the authors and writers baseball game where President Clinton was the um, I don't know if you noticed that he was the umpire yeah. for the artists and writers game this uh, about two weeks ago, and uh, the artists were beating the writers nineteen to two, <laughs> and in the ninth inning, ninth inning, they ended up beating them by one 
They one run. They, <laughs> they did catch up. They caught up and they beat them. Oh, so no I think kidding. the score ended up being like 19 to 2. Oh. 19, uh, 19 to 18. 19 to 18 is what happened. Wow. So, yes, the Hamptons are filled with authors. So there's always something interesting happening at one of the libraries or the bookstores. And, of course, art is a very big thing. And there were several art festivals this weekend. So if you're into art, there's nothing better than to take a beautiful walk in Agawam Park and look at the local art and be able to do that on Pond Lane in Southampton. And then if you're ready for this one, this is really something interesting. There's an art group called the Whiskey Watercolor Club. And did you ever hear that, Frank? Whiskey Watercolor Club? No. Well, on Saturday, the 17th, from 5 to 7, you can join Katie Leiden, and they are exhibiting the colorful works of members of this Whiskey Water Club. Watercolor Club. They do watercolors. There's a crew of five architects who began painting together on a trip to India in 2020. And they had to cut their journey short because of the pandemic and they decided to continue painting together but on zoom that's creative right we've all made zoom our part of our world i laugh and i say i've turned from a boomer into a zoomer (laughs) because i'm on zoom calls i mean uh, multiple times every single day do you have that happen to you thank too? oh no doubt about it yeah, so, you know, we have that uh, this wonderful, wonderful group of people who are getting together and they're going to share their watercolor paintings, and that's at the Money Will Be Raised for the Peconic Land Trust. Uh, so I think it's a lot of good things. Uh, get off to Sag Harbor and really get out and enjoy the wondrous, wondrous happenings on the North and South Fork in what we call the Hamptons, but it's the east end of Long Island. So enjoy. Have a great week, everybody. Everyone, you've been hearing the, the voice of the great Vicki Schnapps, and she is, uh, is the, the owner of 88, 88 different news outlets. Uh, with my son, Joshua Schnapps. With Joshua, <laughs> who's uh, amazing, and uh, your, uh, Elizabeth, uh, your kids are amazing. Your grandchildren are unbelievable. Uh, you have a legacy that's going to go on for, uh, for a long, long time, and, uh, and I imagine those children are going to have children, but what, a, what an empire you've built. You have one news outlet at this point for every key on the piano. 88, right, 88 different news outlets, and you've been listening to uh, everyone. You've been listening to uh, Vicki Schnepps, and she is the host uh, each and every week, every Monday, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, she is uh, the host of Dan's Papers out and about in the Hamptons. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, actress Zoe Coletti. Uh, wonderful talent, and I'm uh, thrilled to have her, and you've seen her in so many things, The Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead, Annie, um, Scary Stories, Boo Bitch is, uh, is, is upon us, and uh, it's a new series, and her latest, though, is currently in theaters nationwide, and it sounds terrific. I haven't seen it, but I'm hearing rave reviews about it. It's Gigi and Nate 
and it, it just it just from the description it sounds so heartwarming and uh, just wonderful but thrilled to have Zoe with us Zoe how are you I am so good thank you for having me how are you uh, doing well I, and I'm just reading the description I, I you you know you're, you're a little close to it but I I, I guess you'd have to uh, agree just from the description alone it's it just sounds like a heartwarming uh, moving uh, movie. Uh, give us your take and give us the rundown on it. Yeah, of course. So I would completely agree with you. I would, I would say it's, it's a really, you know, heartwarming, family-friendly film that you could pretty much bring anyone to and, you know, anyone would enjoy watching it. Um, you know, it follows uh, Charlie Rowe, who plays Nate Gibson. It's a, a boy who uh, ends up con- uh, getting bacterial meningitis and becoming paralyzed, and he gets a monkey as a service animal, and it kind of follows his journey coming to terms with the accident and what ha- what's happened to him. Um, he ends up kind of having some uh, issues with the animal rights community who are fighting uh, to not allow monkeys to be service animals and, you know, his relationship with his family and his family helping him deal with that. Um, and I play a character called Lori, who is his friend and somewhat love interest in the movie, who sort of timestamps throughout the film, um, kind of going back to being friends with him before his accident and all throughout um, kind of being a friend and support uh, for him throughout everything he has going on. Yeah, it's you know, it's an interesting uh, cast for sure. I, I see Diane Ladd is in there, Jim Belushi. Uh, is this the first time you've worked with uh, all of these people, or are there some people in there that you've worked with before? It is one of those jobs that I have not worked with any of these people before. So it was a great experience to get to uh, meet and work with so many talented and new people. Yeah, it's uh, it, you know it's it's got to be a unique experience to, uh, to to walk into something and it's a you know it's a major production to look around and you don't know who they are, but you know some of their reputations. Is there anybody there that uh, that? you've uh, you've seen before on on screen i'm sure jim, jim belushi diane uh, laird and charlie rowe i i'm sure some of these uh, people you've seen before and what's the what's that dynamic like walking into a film and um not knowing anyone but uh knowing their rep- reputations preceding them yeah of course i mean it's always such an interesting dynamic this job is not you know the first time that i've experienced that so luckily it's not too shocking um, but there's quite a handful of the people in the cast that I kind of had seen in other things that they've been in. I mean, Marsha Gay Harden, you know, is one of those actors that you feel like is in everything that you've watched. Like, she's just been in so many, you know, amazing projects. Um, you kind of see her face popping up everywhere all the time. So it was, you know, phenomenal to get to meet her and work with her. Um, obviously, you know, everybody knows who Jim Belushi is. I, I love Charlie Rowe, you know back from uh, Red Band Society and the the After series with uh, Josephine Langford, who's in the movie. Um, so there's quite a few actors in, in the movie that I, you know, knew of and, and enjoyed watching stuff that they'd been in, um, which is exciting. It's exciting to, uh, you know, get to work with people that you have enjoyed watching previously. Um, you know, and more than anything, I think it's, you know, enjoyable and exciting to get that opportunity. Uh, Zoe, you've you've been at it uh, for uh, for a while now, so you're a veteran actress. But still, you're uh, you're at that age where I, I imagine there's a transition that happens. You know, uh, going from that young actress to you know an, an adult, uh, you know, an adult performer. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, uh, is this the the time period where you're feeling that now, or did that happen uh, prior to the pandemic? Because to me, it seems like the pandemic kind of uh, you know, as, as uh, serious as it was, it, it 
it also got in the way of uh, of people's careers, changing the course of their careers. Uh, does it feel like you're just coming into your own now as uh, as an adult uh, actress? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it, acting-wise, you know, in terms of even just, like, contractual stuff of how many hours you can work, that transition is, you know, pretty hugely happens once you turn 18, where you go from being able to work nine and a half hours and having to have three hours of schooling on set to being able to work however many hours they need you to work. So that in itself, when you turn 18, is a massive transition, which for me, I was 18 when the pandemic happened. So, you know, I was actually working on Fear the Walking Dead, when COVID started. Um, so uh, I was kind of in quarantine in Texas, waiting for the job to you know start up again and things to go back to normal. Um, so I kind of skipped over that like kind of crazy transitional period. But for me, I would say the, the biggest transition was actually when I was 16, um, uh, when I did the movie Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And that was kind of my first lead in a movie where I'd be working a lot more. Um, and you can actually, uh, for acting, uh, get your diplo- high school diploma in a way that uh, makes you be able to work adult hours from when you're 16 and older. So uh, Scary Stories Still in the Dark was actually the first job that I worked uh, some of the really longer hours. Um, so that for me was probably the, the first kind of step in the transitioning to feeling more like I was uh, working with the adults. Yeah. Well, Gigi and Nate is upon us. Let me just remind folks, if you're just tuning in a a little late or turning on the radio a little late, uh, Zoe Coletti is our very special guest. Terrific actress, and and she's, uh, you know, she's coming into her own in a big way. Gigi and Nate is in theaters right now, and uh, just from the description, I'm going this weekend to to see it with uh, with my wife and uh, we're just uh, we're looking forward to seeing Zoe and the rest of the cast uh, but much more importantly uh, Zoe's with us here for another minute or so uh, what's the rest of your year look like and I know you know things are still a little fluid because we're coming out of the pandemic and everything else but uh, what what do you have going on and uh, and how concrete is your schedule or how fluid is your schedule yeah, of course, of course. I mean, you know, at the moment, I'm still kind of in this wave of, you know, a lot of things that I had done uh, were sort of coming out back to back. So I had um, the Netflix show Boo Bitch that I was in with Lana Condor. Uh, that only just uh, hit Netflix in July. And then uh, I was in Only Murders in the Building, which is the last episode. Uh, just got to Hulu only, I want to say, last week or the week before. Um, and then, you know, Nate, uh, Gigi and Nate is in theaters right now. Um, and I am working on an ABC show called Avalon that I will start filming um, in the next few weeks. And that's the next project that I'm working on. And, you know, other than that, it's kind of, you know, there's always sort of things out in the universe that are, you know, loose ends that are being tied, things that are being figured out. I'm always doing all new auditions. So uh, right now I'm working on uh, on that ABC show. And uh, then, you know, we just wait and see what, what the next uh, opportunity is, what the next move is. Well, I think the ABC show and and Boo Bitch is going to be good for you. There's a lot of a lot of talent involved in both of those shows, and I think uh, a lot of people are expecting big things to come for there. I want to congratulate you. You're putting together a wonderful career, and and the best things are ahead of you. Uh, Zoe, uh, can you give Thank us a, a website or a social media site where we could follow along with what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have most of the social media, so I have you know Instagram, TikTok, all of those things, and. My handle on those, it's the same on all social medias, and my uh, my at is just Zoe Coletti, all lowercase, so I'm easy to find. Zoe Coletti, thanks very much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. 
Zoe Coletti, everyone. You can see her in theaters now. Uh, and Gigi and Nate. And, uh, they're getting uh, getting nice reviews for this. It's a looks like a heartwarming story. And uh, anytime uh, you uh, you know you uh, you you put a description like that together, it's uh, it's it worked well. I, I'm not much on on tear jerkers, and I don't know that that's what it is. But I mean, it's uh, about a young man who becomes a quadriplegic. So. Um, you know, I imagine it's uh, it's it's very touching. Um, you know, you throw a monkey in there, a lovable monkey in there, and and um, and and a love interest in there. You're going to um, you're going to uh, assume, make the assumption that it's a, it's a heartwarming story. Um, you know what? Uh, Zoe Coletti is an interesting actress. She's uh, you know been recognized from. Walking Dead, as so many people have, and and Fear the Walking Dead. Um, you know, she's transitioning from a uh, a child actress. You know, on Annie and some of the other uh, some of the other shows. And you know, she mentioned uh, I, I think a film. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm just not recalling what she said. Uh, but as a 16 year old, and that was a transitional period for her. But really, 18 is when it changes. And that's when they have uh, rules uh, that that are no longer uh, need to to watch the nine hours a day as a as a child, and you, you know I'm sure some people are saying nine hours a day that's a yeah, it's a it's a long day, but um, when there's certain uh, films that you're not going to get, there's certain roles that you're not going to get if you can only work nine hours, uh, you know people pull a lot longer shifts than that on films and uh, TV shows and different. Uh, things that are uh, that are happening. Um, Frank McKay here. Zoe Coletti is our very special guest. Has been our very special guest. Gigi and Nate is in theaters as we speak. Um, check it out. Zoe Coletti has uh, once again uh, just left us. And uh, look for her. A lot of good things coming up for Zoe. Uh, Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.